0: God bless you this morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Uh, I'm Frank Zenobia, pastor in Muskegon of the Way Church in Muskegon, Michigan. But really, I'm Colin's dad. And uh, it's a great pleasure of mine to be here in church with you today. Um, I didn't take a minute in the morning or in the first service, but I, I want to just say how grateful my wife and I are uh, for this church family and for everything that you've poured into our youngest son, Colin. A couple of um, weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, uh, I made a couple of phone calls. Uh, I I talked to uh, a pastor in St. Louis, Missouri, and I called Brother Hoffman and I called Brother Neto. And I said, I'm old enough to not take for granted that uh, every place that your kids go, they're going to be treated kindly, they're gonna be treated well, They're going to be used. They're going to be grown. And and this church has been such a blessing to our youngest son and uh, so I'm here I I told somebody they've wished me happy birthday many of you wish me happy birthday told a couple of people today uh, when you're a 56 year old man you're not used to people making a big deal about your birthday so it's kind of awkward all these people wishing me happy birthday I'm not used to it you know what I mean it's like your birthday and it's like dad where are we going to eat or something like that but uh, thank you very very much such a warm welcome and uh, I want to give honor to your pastoral staff from the Hoffman the uh, Nettle, Brother Gibbs, their family. Uh, I count these gentlemen, their families as just really dear friends. Uh, congratulations to the Youngs on a beautiful uh, baby girl and she's new enough if they had named her Francis I would have given them $10. Uh, I know this Rachel Davy. if she works things right, could have her baby today. And if you have your baby on my birthday and you name it Francis, that's $25. <laughs> that's, uh, it seems like a really good deal to me. It uh, seems like a really, really good deal to me. I want to uh, talk to you out of the book of John, chapter 21. And um, before we read, um, there's this really interesting story at the end of the book of John. And it's a story about Peter and Jesus and Jesus has already gone to the cross, Jesus has already died, Jesus has already been buried and risen again, and and, and the Bible said for 40 days after his resurrection, before he ascended into a cloud into the heavens, he appeared at various times to his disciples and many other people, and he ministered and he taught in his resurrected form, and one of those stories, one of the last times that he appeared after his resurrection is this story ...in John chapter 21 and verse 15. And the Bible said, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter replied, yes, Lord. Jesus asked him again. He said, Simon, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And and he responded the second time, yes, Jesus, I, I love you. The third time Jesus asked, Simon... Do you love me? And and the third time, Peter becomes maybe a little embarrassed, maybe a little frustrated. And he said, the Bible literally says that uh, his feelings are hurt, that Jesus would ask him three times. And he said, Jesus, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. This morning, I got a really weird title for you today. And, uh, but I hope that by the time we're done, you'll understand um, why I'm calling this message, what I'm calling it. But this morning, I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes about the imposter. Amen. About the imposter. I understand this morning that that's an odd title for a Sunday morning message. Uh, and, and I need you to know that there's a reason why I want to talk to you about this you may not even be familiar with that word. You maybe have some vague notion of what it means. But really, an imposter is somebody who is pretending to be something that they're not. An imposter is a con man or a con woman. Uh, An imposter is a hypocrite or an actor. Uh, An imposter is a cheat, a faker, a phony, a a pretender. Uh, In 2022, uh, you would say you were a poser. You were pretending to be something that you're not. And, and this word has got traction because... There's literally a psychological uh, syndrome that people can get where it's called an imposter syndrome where they feel like no matter how much they've accomplished, how much they've done, that, that, that they don't feel like they really deserve to be who they are or where they are on the inside, they feel like they're still faking it. They feel like they're not really who they're supposed to be. So you say, well pastor, why are you talking about this? Well, the reason I'm talking about it is because I I, I have a feeling that a lot of us feel like imposters sometimes in our walk with God. As a matter of fact, some of you felt like imposters this week. Some of you have recently felt like a hypocrite or a phony in your walk for God. And, and, And I would tell you that if that's been something that you dealt with, you're not alone. There are a lot of people who are doing what they can to live for Jesus and still feel like they're insufficient sometimes. As a matter of fact, if you read in the book of Romans, you find that even the great apostle Paul felt like a phony and an imposter sometimes. The Bible said, I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it and decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyways. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in action. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. I don't know about you, but I've felt that way. Sometimes I feel. That way, that no matter what I want to do, I'm never quite living up to what I know I ought to do. Paul said, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin trips me up. I really delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious there's pieces of me that don't share that delight. Parts of me rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. In, I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? King James Version said, Oh, wretched man that I am. I just, I, I feel rotten because I know who I'm supposed to be. But I know deep down in the inside, I'm not always that person. I, I know what I look like on the outside. And I know that there are a lot of days where the outside, amen, the one who comes and raises hands or worships or, or or says everything is okay on the inside, doesn't feel okay. What you're feeling is the wrong feeling. And I've, what I really want to do today it, it, with the help of the Lord is, is try to help somebody sitting here this morning who's feeling like a hypocrite know that it's not God's plan for you to feel like a hypocrite. And for someone here who's sitting and feeling a bit like a phony, for you to understand that you don't have to come to church and feel like a phony. And for someone who feels like they just never quite measure up, to understand that that feeling of inadequacy, amen, is not something that has to drag you down every time you do something or try to do something for the Lord. You see, I'm convinced that there is a better way. Amen. I think if we look at the scriptures we realize that there's a danger in feeling like a phony but there's also a remedy for feeling like a phony. I would tell you this morning that you and I like the Apostle Peter have to understand first and foremost that we've all been called by the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, it means that one day Jesus was walking along the seashore and he saw Peter with his fishing boat and his nets and he saw this fisherman standing there and he said, Peter, if you'll follow me, I will make you a fisherman. Of men. Amen. Peter immediately responded to the call of Jesus. He dropped his nets, he left his boat behind, and he followed the Lord. Amen. What does that mean? It means that Jesus didn't just put out an ad in the newspaper. Does anybody do that anymore? Jesus did not find, just put out an ad on LinkedIn or whatever job site they're using saying, hey, we're hiring at the disciple place uh, if you want to come and apply. He called Peter by name. He he picked him out on purpose. He 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 chose him from all the other fishermen on that shore that day. He you and I gotta understand something. Jesus chose each and every one of us. Jesus chose called you by name. Jesus, amen, reached for you. If you've ever received anything good from the Lord, it wasn't because you went looking for him. It was because he went looking for you. And this morning, I want you to understand that, yeah, some days I feel like an imposter, but Jesus chose me anyways. Jesus found me anyways. The Bible in the book of Romans said we've been invited to by Jesus to be his very own. First Peter, you've been chosen by God himself. If you're sitting here today, you're here because the Lord willed it. If you're sitting here today, you're here because God knew that you would be here and has something for you. And we became members of his family because we willingly said yes when he called us. If you have any relationship with the Lord at all. It started when you said yes and came in and said, God, I'm sorry for doing my own thing. I want to do your thing. If you've got any relationship with Jesus at all, amen. It started when you allowed yourself to go down under the water in his name and to come up, amen, a new creature because of Christ. Hallelujah. If you've got any relationship with him at all, it's because one day you opened yourself up to his presence and he filled you with his spirit. Amen. And I would tell you, he's calling you today. He's still calling you today. And he wants you to know that the original call is still valid. All you have to do, hallelujah, put your bag at side and say, yes, I'm going to follow you. Amen. The other thing I think we need to understand this morning is that Peter was called. There's no doubt about it. If you would pick one of the 12 disciples to be the most preeminent, you would probably choose Peter. But in spite of the fact that he was number one in a lot of people's eyes, he also repeatedly failed his Lord. Over and over and over again, Peter did things that he was not proud of. Peter did things, amen, that were not not conducive to Christian living, amen. And I would say you could make the case that every test that Peter gave himself about his success, he failed miserably. You look in the scriptures. There's a day when Jesus is walking on the water. Peter said, Lord, let me walk on the water too. But it's not long after stepping out of the boat and walking on the waves that Peter gets distracted by the wind and the lightning, amen, and begins to sink and he's got to be saved. There's another part of the Gospels where Peter gets himself involved in a conversation with the other disciples about who's the greatest of, of, of the 12. Well, I'm better than you. you no, 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 you're, uh, I'm the best. No, 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 I'm the best. No, 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 I'm the best. And when Jesus hears it, they even go to him thinking that somehow the Lord is going to pick a winner of, among the 12. And Jesus said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like we. At the Last Supper, as the disciples are coming in, Jesus is washing feet. What does Peter do? Oh, no, 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 Jesus, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus has to look him in the eye and say, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part of me. He fails every test. Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays and he said, can't you just Pray with me an hour. And yet Peter falls sound asleep. He fails every test. He swears he'll never deny Jesus, even though Jesus tells him that he'll deny him three times. But just a few hours later, Peter's weeping bitterly because he's done exactly what God told him he would do. He would fail him three times. And on the day that the scripture text that I read to you happen, Peter has gone and picked his nets back up and gotten back in his boat and he's left his discipleship behind and he's tried to make a fresh start back fishing in his boat and he does it so miserably that he fishes all night long with some of the other disciples and he catches nothing is it any wonder that peter felt insufficient is it any surprise That he felt like an imposter. Jesus told Peter that he was the one who had the very keys of the kingdom. But in practice, Peter a lot of days struggled to even see himself as a passable disciple. Now ask yourself, what about me? What about me? How many times have I made promises, amen, only to fail in those promises? How many times have I come and given my sin to God at this altar only to pick it up on my way out the door or just swap back by and pick it up some days later? How many times have I answered the call of the Lord to follow Him and to serve Him only to end up right back in the same mess that I started in? Is it any wonder that we feel insufficient? Is it any wonder that we feel like imposters I know some of us feel like we will never be the Christians that Jesus saved us to be and I know that the enemy whispers in our ears we think that we're that one exception right? we're the one that the gospel won't work for we're the one that the spirit won't give victory to we're, the, we're, we're, we're that one that somehow Jesus didn't account for and we're just doomed to live without hope there's some good news there's some really good news. As Jesus and Peter sit there on the seashore and they finish their breakfast and they begin to converse at a point where Peter, no doubt, is really scraping the bottom of the barrel. He's he's turned his back on Jesus and gone fishing and the next thing you know, Jesus is there on the seashore. He's appeared on the seashore. Peter's got to be feeling really, really rough about himself. And as he sits down with Jesus, Jesus asks him a simple question. Peter, do you love me? And what I want you to try to grasp this morning is this. That it was never really about what Peter thought it was about. It was never really about Peter's accomplishments Peter passing whatever test. It was not about how he compared to the other disciples, but it was really about could he answer that question, Peter, do you love me? I'm here to tell somebody this morning that no matter where you think you are, this this Christian experience, this, this apostolic life is really about one single thing, and that is loving Jesus. The book of Deuteronomy, what does the Lord thy God require of thee but to love him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul? Matthew said, Jesus was asked by a man, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus does not hesitate in his reply, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. Romans 8, We know that all things work together for good. To who? To those that love God. To those that love him. To those that love him and are called according to his purpose. When Jesus meets Peter who's feeling like a phony and he converses with him and he asks him about his life. He does not confront him with his denials. He does not tell him what a failure he is. He does not tell him how disappointed he is. He asks him a simple question. Do you love me and here's what's awesome Peter's got no trouble answering that question because Peter's always loved Jesus Peter's always wanted to follow him Peter's always wanted to serve Peter's always wanted to be a disciple he answers without hesitation yes Lord you know I love you understand that's all that Jesus ever wanted That's all that Jesus ever wanted from Peter was his love. And some of us need to come to the realization today that what he does not want necessarily is just your money, just your time, just your talents, just your work. But what he really wants first and foremost, can you, like Peter, answer that simple question? Do you love me? Yes, I love you. You. What's more, most of us have no trouble answering that question. We got up this morning. We got in the car. We drove our way to church. We stood here in worship as we sang about Jesus. Really, if it's just about that. Most, if not all of us, passed the test deep down. Yes, we love Him. Yes, we want Him. Yes, we need Him. And in that part, do you love Him? We are no impostors. Peter's love for Jesus was always authentic. It was always reliable and it was always trustworthy. Which leads me to this conclusion that maybe we've been using the wrong test to judge our discipleship. Maybe you and I have been comparing ourselves to the wrong things to determine whether we're real or fake. Maybe our spiritual success has got nothing to do with the outward results. But maybe it's always been about the condition of our heart. Do I love him? Do I love him? Do I love him? When Peter answered Jesus yes, it was the only thing that Jesus was looking for to validate his discipleship. He didn't say, well, if you love me, you just tried to leave me. If you love me, I need you to sign this contract. I I, I, I need you to take this pledge. I need you to do this or that. Do you love me? Jesus said, that's all I needed to check up on. That's all I needed to double check on. You see... Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our insufficiencies. He knows how, when we were still sinners and broken, he died for us. Why would we think that he doesn't still love us now that he's filled us with his spirit? Amen. Somehow this morning, if you're sitting here feeling like you don't measure up, if you're sitting here feeling like a phony, if you're sitting here feeling like a hypocrite, amen, I'm here to tell you that you need to come to one conclusion. Yes, I love him. When Peter comes to that conclusion, everything starts to get better for Peter. And I have a feeling that some of you are going to leave here better than you walked in today. Matter of fact, I I, I feel a little hope bubbling up in some of your hearts. Amen. You're starting to say, wait a minute. Maybe this is not another Sunday for me. Maybe, maybe this is not just another day where I walk in and walk out. Maybe, maybe God really does know I'm here. Maybe God really does have something. For me, listen, if you're tired of feeling like a spiritual fraud, and if you're tired of feeling like you're never going to measure up, stop letting artificial things rob you of your spiritual birthright. There's a couple of easy things that you need to do in order to make sure that your love is where it is. Jesus said, Do you love me? And you say, Well, I'm not, I think I do, but how do I know I love him for sure? Well, do you love him more? Do you love him more? Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me more than these? I don't know what your these is. Uh, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your stuff, maybe it's your diversions. Maybe, I, I don't know what your these is, but can you answer the question today? Yeah, God, you can take it all away, but I'll still love you. You, you, you can put me through in a, a time of loss, but I'm still going to love you. I love you more than that old life. I love you more than this world, than anything it has to offer. I love you more, amen, than I did yesterday. And God, if you tarry, I'm going to love you more than I do right now. Amen. Somewhere along the way, we've gotten away from the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of what discipleship is really all about. It's not about what we do. It's about who we are. It's about what we are on the inside. How does Jesus measure discipleship? First John chapter 4, we know how much God loves us. We've put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And then the Bible said, and if we'll live in God, our love will grow more perfect. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment. Amen. But we can face him with confidence Listen, God doesn't want you to sit here wondering, am I on God's side or not? God doesn't want you to sit here wondering, is he getting ready to drop the hammer on me? The Bible said, perfect love casts out fear. Some of us need to get back to just trusting in his love. Amen. We need to get back to just leaning on his love. Hallelujah. The Bible goes on and it says that Jesus asked Peter three times. Do you love me? He asked him the first time, and, and I'm sure Peter wondered why, but he answered quickly, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He asked him a second time, and he said, Well, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But that third time was the straw that broke the camel's back. Peter, do you love me? And this time the Bible says that Peter gets frustrated. The Scriptures say he gets hurt. That Jesus would ask him three times, do you love me? But Peter's also had a transformation. He's realized that it's no longer about him, it's about Jesus. So the third time when he says, yes, Lord, you know everything, you already know that I love you. He's, He's telling Jesus, listen... You're the one who called me. You're the one who made me a disciple. You're the one who gave me the keys to the kingdom. You're the one who died for my sins. You know me better than I know you or I know myself. You already know that I love you. What's Peter doing? Peter's telling Jesus, I trust your love. Peter's telling Jesus... You didn't make a mistake when you chose me. Peter's telling Jesus, I know you have a plan. And I know I haven't always walked that plan perfectly. But your plan is bigger than my mistakes. Your plan is bigger than my failures. I trust in you. I trust in your plan. It's easy to feel like a fake. Amen. When we look at ourselves, but it's hard to feel like a fraud when we look at Jesus and his power and his strength and his ability. Hallelujah. It's not about what I can do. It's always been about what he can do. My prayer for you is the same prayer that Paul prayed over the Ephesians. I pray that his glorious unlimited resources will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him and then that your roots would grow down into god's love and keep you strong and that over the course of your believership amen you would begin to understand amen how wide how long how high, how deep God's love really is. Somebody here this morning, you need to understand, God's love has always been bigger than your failures. God's love has always been deeper than your sin. God's love has always been taller than your obstacles. Someone here needs to understand, no matter where you think you've roamed and how far you think you've gotten away, amen, you cannot get to the boundaries of the love of God. And today, rather than keep running and rather than keep fighting you need to just lean back and say God I'm going to live in your love today and I'm going to let that be the thing that affirms me and I'm going to let your love be the thing you don't have to be rich or poor You don't have to be talented or educated. None of those things. The the, the house of God and the church of God and the people of God, amen, have one thing that draws us together. We've all been purchased by his blood. We all exist in his love. We've all been empowered by his spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody today needs to say, God, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. I trust in your love. Sometimes people say, Pastor Z, you're a good preacher. And I always think, no, if you knew me, you'd know I'm not a good preacher. Pastor Z, you're a really good Christian. Oh, you're a good leader. No. <sighs> I- I'm nobody from nowhere. I'm some kid that grew up. My parents uh, started Catholic and, and, and uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Amen. Amen. And because of some very terrible sickness in my brother's life, started on a quest for more of God. And over the course of years, they went from one thing to the next thing. God, give me more, give me more. And finally, amen, to apostolic outpouring in their lives. Nobody from nowhere. Amen. My parents aren't preachers. My wife's parents aren't preachers. I got baptized when I was 14. Amen. Got the Holy Ghost when I was 12. Nobody from nowhere. Oh, what qualifies me to stand in this pulpit and tell you, well, just this one thing that there was a day when he came by and he said, I want to use you and I love you. And if I want you to follow me and I want you to be a part. And when I do what he says, it always works and it's always good. And, and listen, there's no better place to live than the house of God, the people of God, and the love of God. No better place to live. No better place to live. Hallelujah! You can be hard on yourself today if you want. You can go home feeling like a fake if you want. But, oh, I would rather you embrace him and his word and say, God, it was good enough for Peter. It was good enough for Paul. It's good enough for me. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus. You know everything. You know how much I love you. That's all that he's asking for. And let me finish with one more thing. As Jesus finishes asking Peter, do you love me? And Peter responding, yes, Lord, you know that I do. Jesus gives him a command. He said, if you really love me, then feed my sheep. If you really love me, stop sitting on the sidelines. If you really love me, stop using your inadequacy as an excuse for not being engaged. Stop using your hypocrisy as an excuse for not worshiping. Stop stop using the fact that you feel like a fraud. Amen. Prevent you from letting my spirit work in you. He said, if you really do love me, then get up and get moving and and, and let me work. Listen. There's nothing that the enemy wants more than to keep you sitting right where you are. Keep you sitting right, amen, in the same place place that you started out feeling like you'll never measure up but oh that the Holy Ghost would allow that burden to fall off of us and he would open our eyes and we would see that his love hallelujah has always been the only thing that it's ever been about and we would come this morning amen not with heads staring at the carpet but with heads up raised with hands in the air with mouths open some of us hallelujah would bend benefit from our own personal declaration at an altar today. Here I am and I love you. And if I've been a long way away, I'm coming back and starting over. But God, I want you to know that you are all that I want. You're all that I need. I will go where you asked me to go. God's got a, God's got a purpose for you. He called you by name for a reason. Don't let your hypocrisy be an excuse get engaged, get engaged. This is a church where it's easy to be engaged. This is an altar where it's easy. Hallelujah. I was an evangelist for 13 years and preaching churches all over the country. And, and, uh, it's tough. It's tough when one person comes to the altar, right? It's hard to hide. I heard, I, I heard a story the other day about a Church that uh, has kind of fallen on tough times. People have moved away, and there's just four people going to church. Just four. The pastor and his wife and one couple. It's, it's hard to hide in the congregation when you're the only two people sitting out there. You know what I mean? And the pastor says, this is an easy church. This is an easy church to come to the altar. This is an easy church, amen, to unload your burdens. It's an easy church to serve. This is an easy place, amen. And God made it easy because He loves you. God made it easy because He cares. God's making it easy because He knows you can't afford another day, hallelujah, feeling like He's mad at you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. And if you love Him, if you love Him, that's really all that's required. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm gonna pray for you. And while I'm praying for you, I want you to answer this question for yourself. Do you love him? Do you love him? If you can say yes, if you can say yes, I'm gonna pray for you. And and you, and you may take a moment to get into it, but. I don't want it to be something that I do because I can't do it for you. I got to tell him for myself. You have to tell him. You need to make your own personal declaration today. Hallelujah. Yes, I love you. Yes, I'm going to live for you. You've never given your life to him. This would be a great moment to say, yes, I'm going to start living my life your way and not my way. If you've never been baptized, it would be a great morning to say, yes, I'm going to go down and take your name, amen, and become permanently connected to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my fresh start today. If you've never spoken in tongues as the Spirit of God gives you Hallelujah. utterance, this would be a perfect yes. day to come to an altar, throw your hands in the air, say, I love you, Jesus, and just get lost in His presence until His Spirit fills you and flows Hallelujah. out of you. Hallelujah. If it's been a while since you've been filled, refilled, this would be a perfect morning yes. to yes. come and get refilled. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. With the strength
1: of His love. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. I don't want anybody to get confused about what I'm preaching about. Don't draw lines where they don't exist. They say, well, I, it's about the Spirit. It's about God. It's about Jesus. It's about this. It's about... If God is love. If you got love, you got the Spirit. If you got love, you got Jesus. If if you got love, you got truth. Don't draw lines where there are no lines. What I'm asking you to do in response to the question, do you love me? Say, yes, Jesus. I love all of you. Would you lift your hands? Would you lift your hands? Jesus You see us exactly like we are. You see the good parts, the bad parts, the ugly parts, the messy parts. God, I give you everything. I'm tired of feeling like a fraud. I'm tired of feeling like a failure. I'm tired of acting and living two different lives. God, I want my church life to be my everyday life. I want the way I feel in here to be the way I feel out there. And God, I know that I, a mess of things from time to time, but Jesus, here is one thing that I do not doubt. I love you. If you haven't said it yet, you ought to say it right now. I love you, Jesus. It's not simply a praise. It's a declaration. Hallelujah. You're making a commitment when you say that. I
1: love Come oh, don't you feel the Holy
0: Ghost here don't you feel faith and hope here I magnify you Jesus I magnify you Jesus if you want to get closer to him today you can follow these that are already coming to an altar hallelujah Make your declaration of love. Step out and take on. I'm going to get close to you. If you need prayer, if you need help, hallelujah, there's a staff here that's ready to help
1: you. But do not leave the way you came.
0: And if you're not ready to come to the front, then right where you are, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You know everything. You know everything. You know everything.
1: I love you.